He's faithful. He's faithful. He is of most deserving of our praise unto Him. Honor and praise. Amen. I'm so, so, so blessed this morning. Blessed with the presence of God and blessed with being in the house of God. It's a, it's a time whenever we need to be in God's house. Amen. We need to be in God's house. Thank you, Lord, this morning. Let's pray. Father, I thank you today, Lord, and I come before you and I admit, I confess to you, Lord, that I am nothing. Lord, I have no talent. I have no ability. I have nothing. In fact, Lord, this morning I stand before you and and, and, and myself knowing that I'm inadequate to do anything, God. But I totally and completely depend upon you, God, to speak through me and to minister to this congregation today. And Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit will just come upon me right now. That your presence will come upon me right now, Lord. And that you will just begin to speak through me, Lord. And that you will have your perfect will and way. I am your instrument. I am your vessel. And Father God, today I pray that you will just do as you will and wish this right now at this moment, Lord. Father God, that there will be no nothing that will inhibit me, nothing that will uh, hamper, God, what you want to do or speak. And God, that you'll minister through me today. You'll surface everything in my heart, in my mind, in my spirit. And God, have thine own perfect will and way. In the name of Jesus, I thank you today. I praise you today. I worship you today. I lift you up today. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you, Lord. You know, I, I, I want to say that what I'm going to preach today may not be very exciting. I know that you probably, after a worship service like that, want to hear something really exciting. And, and, uh, and so I know I probably just let the wind out of your sail, but I'm going to tell you something. Sometimes what God wants to say to us, we just need to hear and so um, I was in prayer and seeking the Lord, and I really wrestled and struggled with God over what to, to speak and to minister. And, but I know that, you know, we're, I have never been the person, the kind of preacher or pastor that um, wants to, um, you know, speak anything, really current events. I don't like to do that. I just want to preach the word, but... As I said a couple Thursdays ago, you come to a point in place where things are happening in the world that you have to. You have to. And so I just know that, that if there's one thing that God wants to speak through this message is that we need to hear the voice of God. Not the voices that are out there. Not the media. Not the politicians. Not what we're hearing screamed everywhere. Not fear. But we need to hear the voice of God. Amen? Because when Herod was breathing down and breathing threatenings, um, and, and, and he was set out to murder uh, Jesus. That was, he didn't even know who Jesus was, but he was set out to murder him. Whenever the three wise men or the wise men didn't come back, he got vehemently angry and he began to dispatch, you know, his, his army or his, uh, you know, murderous army to go and to slay every baby that was two years and younger and uh, throughout Bethlehem and all that area. But before that happened, God began to speak to Joseph and Mary and said, pick up, let's move, go. And he moved them there and then they were there for a while and then they went to another place and to another place. Until God brought them back uh, unto uh, Nazareth and, and, and down into Galilee. And we know that the Lord is always a step ahead. Nothing is a surprise to God. He's a step ahead. And so no matter what takes place in the world, we have to just settle in our heart that if I hear the voice of God, I'm going to be all right. We're going to be all right. Because no matter what takes place in this life and in this world, what matters is that our hearts are right with God 
and that we're ready to meet him when he comes or calls. Amen? When the trump of God sounds, we're ready. And we hear that clarion call, and he'll catch us up. He's coming for his church. Amen? Now, in Jeremiah chapter 28, if you have your Bibles, turn there. I'm going to read the whole chapter. It's 17 verses, but it's not a difficult read. It doesn't matter even if it was. The Bible says in Jeremiah 28, verse 1. Jeremiah 28, verse 1. It says, And it came to pass the same year in the beginning of the reign of Zedekiah, king of Judah, in the fourth year and in the fifth month that Hananiah the son of Azur, the prophet, which was of Gibeon, spake unto me in the house of the Lord in the presence of the priests and of all the people, saying, Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, saying, I have broken the yoke of the king of Babylon. Within two full years will I bring again into this place all the vessels of the Lord's house, that Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, took away from this place and carried them to Babylon. And I will bring again to this place Jeconiah, the son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, with all the captives of Judah that went into Babylon, saith the Lord. For I will break the yoke of the king of Babylon. Then the prophet Jeremiah said unto the prophet Hananiah, in the presence of the priest, in the presence of all the people that stood in the house of the Lord. Even the prophet Jeremiah said, Amen. <laughs> the Lord do so. The Lord perform thy words which thou hast prophesied to bring again the vessels of the Lord's house and all that is carried away captive from Babylon into this place. Nevertheless, hear thou now this word that I speak in thine ears and in the ears of all the people. The prophets that have been before me and before thee of old prophesied both against many countries and against great kingdoms of war and of evil and of pestilence. The prophet which prophesieth of peace, when the word of the prophet shall come to pass, then shall the prophet be known that the Lord hath truly sent him. Then Hananiah the prophet took the yoke from off the prophet Jeremiah's neck, and he broke it. And Hananiah spake in the presence of all the people, saying, Thus saith the Lord, Even so will I break the yoke of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, from the neck of all nations within the space of two full years. And the prophet Jeremiah went his way. Then the word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah the prophet, after that Hananiah the prophet had spoken the yoke from off the neck of the prophet Jeremiah, saying, or broken, I'm sorry, broken the yoke, go and tell Hananiah, saying, Thus saith the Lord, Thou hast broken the yokes of wood, but thou shalt make for them yokes of iron. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, I have put a yoke of iron upon the neck of all these nations, that they may serve Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and they shall serve him, and I have given him the beast of the field also. What that simply means is everything that would be out there that would seem untamable or unsubduable, I have given to him. Nothing will stand in Nebuchadnezzar's way. God is the one that gave him that power. But he says... Then said the prophet Jeremiah unto Hananiah, the prophet, Hear now, Hananiah, the Lord hath not sent thee, but thou makest this people to trust in a lie. Therefore thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will cast thee from off the face of the earth. This year thou shalt die, because you have taught rebellion against the Lord. So Hananiah the prophet died the same year in the seventh month. Two months later. I want to preach to you this morning a thought the prophet God sent. The prophet that God sent. 
I wish to give a historical foundation and then I will share how this applies now. You know, Israel, if you studied Israel or you studied the word of God about Israel, which was established through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We know that Jacob's name was turned into Israel uh, because he uh, prevailed with God and prevailed with man. But Israel was delivered from Egyptian bondage. We know that God sent Moses, Moses down to Egypt and told Pharaoh, let my people go. Well, God delivered them. They crossed the Red Sea and they were in the wilderness 40 years. And after 40 years, they were taken into the promised land by uh, Joshua, who was Moses' successor. If you read from Joshua going to Judges, you see that Judges was a time where there really wasn't a specific leader, but there were just deliverers that God raised up. He raised up Deborah. He raised up people like Samson and Gideon and Jephthah and different ones throughout the book of Judges until we come into the book of 1 Samuel. And in 1 Samuel, the people wanted a king. Well, God gave them a king after their own liking, and even God raised him up, and, and he anointed him, King Saul, uh, because I believe that, I don't even have to say this, but I'm going to say it, that I believe that God would be unjustified if he hadn't at least given Saul a, you know, a, a fighting chance, or at least an opportunity to do right. He places that before all of us. We all have been given grace, and will be given grace you know, to be saved and to be changed. There's, there's not some people that receive grace and others that don't. We all, God treats us equally. The Bible says He's no respecter of persons. But, you know, but all of that being said, King Saul, of course, was a king that God rejected because he sinned and because he was in rebellion. And that's the scripture where, you know, it says that uh, to obey is better than sacrifice and, and, and rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Well, we know that, that God rejected Saul and he said, I found me a king after my own heart and it was King David. Well, King David was one of the greatest kings over Israel in the natural here upon this earth. And will be until Jesus comes and rules and reigns in a new Jerusalem. Amen? Upon this earth. And so we know, we know, and there's a new heaven and a new earth. But we know that after David, and what an awesome king he was, came Solomon. And he was a great king too, but he also uh, went south himself. And began to take on foreign wives. And, and Israel began to go into backslidden state and idolatry because of the leadership of Solomon. And then after Solomon were many succeeding kings down through the Old Testament. One right after the other. Until Israel had so backslid and apostatized from God the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that God raised up Jeremiah the prophet whom he sent. Jeremiah was ordained to be a prophet as all prophets are. And I love the scripture of how Jeremiah, now stay here with me, how Jeremiah comes on the scene, God birthed him, and I love his beginnings. Aren't you thankful that God has ordained our life. I know sometimes we feel like, you know, uh, you know, my life is meaningless and my life has no value and it's insignificant, but that's not true. The Bible says in Psalms 139 that we were fearfully and wonderfully made. God knew us before we were even a thought. Don't let the devil lie to you and tell you that you're insignificant and that you have no value. You do in the economy of God. You do in the eye of God. But the Bible says in Jeremiah 1, chapter 1, verse 5, Before I formed thee, said Jeremiah, in the belly I knew thee. And before you came forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. So God has a prophetic voice unto the nations. And he said, Then said I, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak from a child. But the Lord said unto me, Say not, I am a child. For thou shalt go to all that I send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Be not afraid of their faces, for I am 
uh, with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. Then the Lord uh, put forth his hand, touched my mouth, and the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. See, I have this day set thee over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out, to pull down, to destroy, and to throw down, to build, and to plant. I, I, I said all that to say to you this, that God has a prophetic voice. He speaks from His Word. He speaks through prophetic voices that He has ordained. But not everybody that you're hearing right now is a prophetic voice from God. You know, I love that scripture where it says that here right here we read that He told them, I'm going to send you And he said, don't worry about their faces. I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. Now I want you to fast forward from Jeremiah 1 to Jeremiah 26. And you don't have to turn there. I'm just going to paraphrase or kind of capsulize this. But in chapter 26, Jeremiah's prophecies got him in trouble. And he was standing before the people and they wanted to kill him. Well, God spared him and kept him from dying. And then you go into chapter 27, and the Bible says that he begins to prophesy about how that Nebuchadnezzar was going to come down from Babylon, and he was going to be ruler over all of the known world at that time, or at least a major world power. And in chapter 26, Jeremiah prophesies of God raising this man, Nebuchadnezzar, up. To judge the nations. In fact, in in Jeremiah 27 verse 6, God through the prophet calls Nebuchadnezzar his servant. That's what he said. My servant. Jeremiah also in chapter 26 puts a yoke around his neck which illustrates a prophecy stating that everybody, every nation is going to have a yoke around their neck whether they like it or not. And if you will begin to serve Nebuchadnezzar, and he told Israel this too, and Judah, the kings, he said if you will begin to just submit to him, he said you'll be able to stay in your land and till it and everything will be fine. I'm still going to have you under that yoke for 70 years, but if you will submit, he said you won't be taken captive. Well, Nobody wanted to do that. And so what happened is they rebelled and Nebuchadnezzar came in with brute force and he took the children of Israel and of those uh, uh, people of God captive, took all the gold, the silver, the vessels, and he took them into Babylon. And we know that, that they were there until God restored and brought a revival and rebuilt Jerusalem, the temple, the gates, the walls, which is Ezra and Nehemiah. Now, I want to say this to you in chapter 28. Hananiah, the son of Azur, prophesied, and he said, basically, what Jeremiah said is not going to happen. The yoke that has been put around his neck, because Jeremiah put a wood yoke around him. It was an illustrated message. Stay here with me, folks. And what Hananiah, the son of Azur, prophesied, he said, within two years, the yoke will be broken, the captives and the vessels will be restored. Well, that was a lie. It was a false prophecy. God judged Hananiah with death and reiterated his original word. And he said, not only is Hananiah going to die, he said, but... God through Jeremiah said not only it's not going to be a a wood yoke now. He said it's going to be a yoke of iron. He said I want to prove to you that Israel is going to be in captivity. And it's going to be something that only I can break. Amen. I'm going to put a a yoke around them. God judged him. Hananiah because of his false prophecy. Now, why am I preaching this to you today? Because I know some of you are thinking, I was kind of hoping we'd be shouting and jumping and praising God. I believe for many reasons God had me preach this today. 
Because we need to remember God has a will and a predestinated plan. And a he has a prophetic will that he will bring to pass. And no false prophecy is going to change that. Nothing is going to change that. I know what 2 Chronicles 7.14 says, If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways and seek my face, then will I hear from heaven and heal their land. I know that Hezekiah of, of Isaiah chapter 28 began to be given a death sentence and God said, set your house in order because it's not going to be very long. You're going to go home. Well, by the time Isaiah got to the court, yard uh, uh, Hezekiah had been praying he turned his face to the wall and the Bible says that he cried out to God and he placed his petition before God and God heard him he said I've heard your prayer I've seen your tears and I'm going to give you 15 years amen and he did restore him with 15 years so those are two accounts of how God turned and changed his mind or could change his mind through the prayer of the saints and the prayer of God's people I also know what I preached on Thursday about how that God is a restorer and he will restore what the cankerworm, the palmer worm, the locust hath eaten and destroyed I know what the Bible says but I also know whenever I pre preached that on Thursday that God spoke to me and he said that we have to come and pray and seek God if we're going to see restoration come to pass Restoration doesn't come without the one needing restoring prays and seeks God for it. You want to know why you're not healed? You don't ask God to heal you. Hananiah, like some of the modern day prophets, and there's thousands of them on YouTube and Facebook and Instagram and all the social media platforms, but Hananiah, like some of the modern day prophets, only focused on the return of prosperity and not the return of purity. Let me say something that's probably going to bug some people, but I'm going to say it and I've said it before. God doesn't want to make America as great again as much as He wants to make it godly again. Amen. He wants us to be a righteous nation. And, and I'm praying that everything that's going on in the world will cause people to wake up and they'll come and repent and get back in the house of God and turn their lives over to the Lord Jesus Christ because He is our only hope. Hallelujah. But you never hear Hananiah going back to chapter 28 mention one time about repentance or prayer or fasting or anything. He just goes in, in front of the people in the church, the priests, the presence of God, and everybody that's there, and he said, God told me that he's going to remove that yoke off of Israel in two years, and everything's going to be restored back completely like it was before. God does not restore anything unless there is repentance. <laughs> and so you're hearing a lot of things. And there's a real loud clarion call. We want things to go back to normal. We want things to be the way they were. We want things. I'm going to tell you something. We don't want things to be the way they were. That's the reason we see a lot of things happen because of the way they were. God wants to change things. He wants to purify a church. And whether you like it or not, the facts are the facts. He said, I'm coming back for a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. A holy church. A church that's making a difference in an ungodly generation. You never hear Hananiah speak about repentance or prayer. Only the blessing. Well, I can tell you that's a lot of what goes on today in teaching. It's only, I want the goodies from God, but I don't want to commit or be, be you know, dedicated or surrendered unto Him. I just want the blessings. Well, let me tell you, you can't have the promise without the condition. <laughs> 
Rather, he comes across rather vehemently, Hananiah did in his display. He walked right up to Jeremiah. Because Jeremiah said, I'll tell you what. He said, you know what? He said, you know you've heard it. I've heard it. The prophets of old, basically what he was saying is, they prophesied, and if their prophecies weren't true, he said they were exposed. And God revealed who he knew and who, who, who knew his word. And he it clearly said it here in the scripture. I want to read it specifically to you because I don't want to miss this, but, but hear this right here. In verse 28, the Bible says that, that uh, Jeremiah said unto him, he said in verse 9, The prophet which prophesieth of peace, when the word of the prophet shall come to pass, then shall the prophet be known that the Lord hath truly sent him. What he was saying is, if you're a false prophet, Hananiah, everybody's going to know God didn't send you. You're a false prophet. And in the Old Testament... False prophets, they only had one, you know, end. Death. You know, how do you know a true prophet from a false? They're 100% every time. That's why you got to be real careful before you say, Thus saith the Lord. Or God said this. Look, I'm telling you, we better know God. We better know the voice of God in the hour that we're living in. Because there's a lot of voices out there. We need to know His Word. We need to be in His Word. And church, we're living. We're living in times of prophetic transitioning and positioning in our world. Did you hear me? We are living in prophetic transitioning and positioning in our world. God's Word is do not listen to lying prophets because there are so many voices, but listen to what God has said already and what He said in His Word. That's exactly what Jeremiah was saying. God spoke to me, and He already told me that He was going to send Israel into captivity. Nebuchadnezzar is going to come down here, and he's going to rule the world. And he said for 70 years at least, or a 70-year time frame, and there's nothing you're going to do to change that. But if you will begin, and this is very important, I didn't put it in my notes, but if you will begin to just, just submit during that time, he said, basically you'll be spared from the brute, you know, uh, uh, harshness of what's going to take place. You and I have to know that in the midst of what's going on in the world, God will give us grace if we will submit to His Word. He's going to take care of His church. He's going to take care of His people. He's not going to leave. The Bible says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor their seed begging for bread. He's going to take care of His people. What is happening around the world and in Ukraine shouldn't surprise us. Oh yeah, I'm going there today. Stay here with me. Boundary lines of nations must be shifted to fulfill prophecy for Ezekiel's war in chapter 38 and 39. Some people say, well, isn't that Armageddon? I believe that Ezekiel's war and Armageddon are two different wars. Now, you may believe differently. We're not going to split hairs over that. All I'm telling you is that that uh, the reason I believe that is because of nations that are named and also demographics or geographics. You know, the, the battle of Armageddon is fought in the valley of Megiddo. Amen. But the, but the Ezekiel's war all speaks about the mountains of Israel. And so reading this and understanding the ge geography of the Word of God and where we're at right now, I can tell you that, that Vladimir Putin and him going after all all of those surrounding areas there, first crime area, and then all of those other areas, and now Ukraine, he has an agenda. He has an agenda. It's clear. It's clear. The Bible even says in chapter 38 and 39 of Ezekiel that Gog and Magog are going to go down. They're going to swoop down to begin to come against Israel. And whether you agree with me or not, I'm telling you what the Bible says, not my thoughts, what the Bible says. It may seem like 
he's just doing this, you know, because he's interested in in Ukraine. He ain't going to stop there, church. He's not going to stop there. Vladimir, the Bible even says that he would think a thought. You know, the, the, the prince of, 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 of Gog and Magog would think a thought. It would come into his mind. I told my son, I said, you know, it's like just in a moment. It's like everything just snapped in his mind. And he said, yeah. He said, the spirit of the bear. Amen. Because Russia's called the bear. The spirit of that bear has come alive. He's waiting. He was waiting for the, the, the opportune moment and he got it and he took it. Amen. And he went in with vehement force and he has an intention. He has an agenda. And the agenda is to go down with neighboring nations and the Persian Empire and go down and go after Israel. It's plain and clear in the Word of God. Ezekiel 38 and 39. He wants to go after the apple of God's eye. The thing is, I can tell you, nobody fights for Israel and wins. Nobody fights against Israel, rather, and wins. Look at history. There's people, even in church sometimes, that hate Israel. I said, you need to get right with God. If you don't love Jerusalem and Israel, you need to get right with God. You need to get right with God because that's God's timepiece. That's God's apple of His eye. We are Israel grafted in. But that piece of landscape over there, that real estate over there in Israel where Jesus was born, God has that as His prophetic timepiece. And He's not going to let any leader or any force in this world, including the Antichrist, come down and change His plan, His prophetic plan. You and I have got to no, no matter what we hear, no matter what they say, there is coming a day when there the, the enemies of God and Russia's part of it will come down to come after Israel. That's the plan. That's the agenda. Do you believe me today? Listen. All of that being said, the mood and the attitude right now of the nations of the world has to change in order to invoke. It had to change in order to invoke or embolden a fearless confidence in Vladimir Putin, and that happened. I'm not picking on anybody. I'm telling you, NATO. I'm, I'm lumping them together. NATO, and that includes America and all the other nations under NATO. They, they're, they're, sending in, they're sending in material, uh, military aid, but nobody is blinking. Nobody's moving. Nobody. They are paralyzed with fear. You say, oh, no, they're not. Yes, they are. I'm going to tell you right now. Because I, I watched a video of two Indian commanders and generals. I mean, they had so many stripes and so many, you know, medals on their chest and all that. These men, they talked so eloquently. And they said, let, let us, they, they made it very clear. They said, let us make it very, very clear to you that Vladimir Putin has nuclear weapons and he will use them. He doesn't care. And so that's why the rest of the world is standing very carefully and just watching to see what happens. Meanwhile, he sweeps through there and does what he wants to do. But the, there's no stomach for war. I'm going to tell you right now, I don't want to go to war. I don't want our nation to go to war. I don't want our soldiers to go and fight another war. We fought so many wars. We've got so many trillion dollars worth of debt because of wars. And I know that God you know, uses, has used the United States of America to do things to help other nations. But I think the westernized nations are war sick that's why it's not happening now I'm saying this to you NATO right now is paralyzed with fear of a nuclear war Germany has no stomach for war America has no stomach for war and I, as I said I heard those generals they said plainly we've dealt with Putin he will not blink to use his nuclear weapons God is carving out through, I should say, the use and allowing Putin to carve out a specific geographical boundary so that he can go straight for Israel. 
I know some of you, you may not believe me, but I'm telling you it's going to happen one day. I think the most telling thing, and this is something that we all need to stop and think about, is how quickly, okay, just, just think for just a second, and, and rightfully so, all the nations are so angry and their, 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 their anger is so pointed at Putin, and rightfully so. But see how quickly in one week how the world can turn against a nation that quick. Because I always wondered, Lord, how will all the nations of the world have their guns pointed upon Israel and just, you know, it just happened just like that. And he showed me in a week, he said, watch. Watch how it happened. It's Russia, not Israel. But one day it will be Israel. All the nations of the world will be pointed on Israel. Why am I saying this to you today? Because we need to be people that understand. We need to be people that understand and think about something. How I believe God's word to us is don't listen to the false lying prophets that give false hope. But listen to God's word. Listen to God's word. And what does God's word say that one day, I'm telling you, there's going to be a final showdown here upon this earth. And it's, it's going to be good versus evil. It's going to be uh, the army of the Lord, the host of the Lord, the host of heaven against uh, the Antichrist and his armies of this world. And so do not be lulled to sleep. Now's the time to begin to press in and to stay close to God and to grow in the things of God and grow in prayer and seek the face of God. Remember the one prophetic voice that God has given us in the last days. And I'm going to read that prophetic voice to you. I'll tell you who it is. And the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 1, uh, chapter 1, verse 1, it said, God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spoke in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken unto us by His Son, whom He hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also He made the worlds, who being the brightness of His glory and the express image of His person and the upholding of all things by the word of His power, when He had by Himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of majesty. I love this as you go down in the Scriptures. He says here in verse uh, verse. Eight, he said, but under the sun, he said, thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. Thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore, God, even thy God, has anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. And thou laid in the beginning, thou, thou, and thou, Lord, in the beginning, hast laid the foundation of the earth and the heavens are the works of thy hands, they shall perish, but thou remainest. They all shall wax old as doth a garment, and as a vesture shalt thou fold them up, and they shall be changed, but thou art the same, and thy years shall not fail. What is God saying unto us? Listen to the one prophet that God said is speaking in the final hour. Listen to Jesus. Read the scriptures and what he speaks about in the word of God. Listen to what he says in Matthew 24 and 25. What is he saying to us? He's saying virgins. There's ten virgins. Five will be full of oil. Five will not have oil. It's going to be a church that looks the same. But there's going to be people full of oil. We cannot go through this life without the oil of the Holy Ghost. We need the oil of the Holy Ghost. We need the oil to keep our lamps lit in this final hour. We need the Spirit of God every day. Amen. Every day. We can't make it without Him. But listen to what the prophet's saying. Listen to what Jesus is saying. God said, I'm speaking in this last day through my Son. Listen 
wondering what is he saying to the churches in the book of in the book of Revelation? What is he saying? He's telling them, don't lose or leave rather your your first love. Don't walk away from your first love, but stay right with God. Stay on fire for God. He's telling them, get rid of the fornication. Deal with the Jezebel spirit. Deal with these things that are standing in the way of you being pleasing in the eyes of God. Don't be lulled to sleep, my brother and my sister. Hold fast to that which you've got, my Lord in heaven. Strengthen the things that remain. These are things God spoke through through Jesus unto the churches to John. He spoke to John and said, speak it to the churches. Read them. I can't, I'd be here all day if I read everything Jesus said about end times. That's what we're supposed to do. Because He's coming. And we want to be ready. Amen. There's a lot of people that will lull you to sleep and tell you, you know what? You know, just, just, it, it'll all be all right. We're going to go back to normal real soon. And, you know, everything's good. I'm going to tell you right now. We are seeing transitioning and positioning of, pro- of prophecy. It's happening before our eyes. It's happening before our eyes. It's happening right in front of us. And I know some of you say, well, you know, I don't watch the news or anything. Well, I'm glad I do. Because, uh, w- you know, we need to know how to pray. We need to know how to pray. We need to see what's going on in the world. I'm not saying you live there on, the, on watching the news all day long because that would just absolutely depress you. But you've got to know what's going on in the world. Amen. We've got to know how to pray. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You know, Sister Skiles and I went, went down to Sam's Club to get some gas because it's over $5 everywhere else. You know, it's going up a quarter a day, it seems like. <laughs> Every time you turn around, it's going up. It's just going up, up, up. Hey, man, I saw $6. I thought, my goodness, that was in Placentia. <laughs> they were talking about L.A. I said, no, it's in Placentia. Hey, Amen. It's, it's, it's going up, up, up. And we were sitting there in line. And I bet you there was no less than 50 cars waiting in line to get gas. I thought, my goodness. The Lord said, you know what? He said, I'm, I'm trying to awaken my church so that whenever, whenever th- the storms come, and they will come, that they won't be blindsided, but they'll be prepared in their spirit. One day I was walking in my, live, in my kitchen, and behind my house, my neighbor has fruit trees. They got an orange tree that just kind of bleeds over into my yard, and I just pick what I want. I figure they're taking my spot, so I'm going to take what I want. If it's hanging over my wall, it's mine. But I was walking by there one day, and I was just, I just had a blank moment in my mind. I was just walking by and I looked at those oranges. And just like that, the Spirit of God said, one day, those oranges will sustain you. I went, are you serious? I just, I just it hit me. Because, you know, God's got to get us sometimes whenever we're not thinking about anything else to talk to us. And he said, one day, it'll sustain you. A season in your life, it'll be what carries you and sustains you. Church, what I'm saying to you is this. Don't listen to the lying prophets. Listen to God's voice. Prepare yourself spiritually. Prepare yourself spiritually. We need to be people that get on our face and we need to say, God, I want to hear your voice. I don't want to be deceived by a lying spirit. I don't want to be deceived by something that I even see or, or, or speculation or worldly prophets or anything else. I want to have my mind set upon you. I want to have my spirit focused on you and in tune with you, aligned with you. I love that word alignment. I want to be in alignment with you because there's going to come a day and a time when, when, the, when, when the thing that is going to be most valuable to you, it may not be right now, but the thing that's going to be most valuable to you, the treasure that's going to be the most valuable to you is going to be your relationship and your connection with God. Because when you got a cup of rice and you got to feed 25 or 30 people or more or 5,000, you better know God who can multiply it. 
You say, well, that's just a, that just happened in the Bible. It doesn't happen, you know, today. Oh, you're wrong. Ask Carter Conlon. He said, we had spaghetti for four people. And he said, people started coming over. And there had been some people from out of town. They just showed up at their house. And he said, before you know it, we had 26, 27 people in our house. And he said, me and Teresa are looking at each other. We got just enough spaghetti. And he said, we, I know what we had. It was just enough for us, you know, just us. And our family and the, the four of us that were there. And he said, but we just began to pray over it. We prayed over it. We said, God, you know, we don't have, we can't go down to the store. We can't, we don't have time for that. We, it's too late or whatever. And so we prayed over that. And they said, please multiply. They weren't in a crisis. They just took God at his word. We need to be people that go to God first. Amen. Not as a plan B or a second plan or, 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 or an alternative plan, but go to God first. He said, Lord, multiply it. And so they just, he said, Teresa just kept scooping. She didn't look. She just kept scooping. He said, before you knew it, what was supposed to be food for four people fed 27 people in that apartment house. He said, here we are. We're all eating spaghetti. Me and Teresa didn't know how, but God performed a miracle. Amen. God knows how to multiply. And whenever you don't have anything left, you've got to know God's going to multiply what I've got. Amen. All you need is a handful of meal, meal in your hand and God's hand, and it will multiply and take care of you all the days and the seasons of your famine in your life. Church, I am saying to you today just simply this. Know your God. Know the voice of your God. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Mighty God, mighty God. Oh, mighty Lord, would you just lift your hands? Would you lift your hands right now? Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, for your spirit, your presence. We thank you for your anointing. We thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace. Oh, God, today, oh, mighty God, mighty God, mighty God, mighty God. Lord, I know that we're in, we're in prophetically end times, Lord. I know that we're in end times, God, and we're not to be alarmed because, Lord, our hope is not in this world. Lord, this world is not our home. We're just passing through. But God, let us not. Lord, put down our tent stakes too deep in the ground, Lord, and be so tied to this world and be so tied to this earth, Lord, that we lose sight, Lord, of, 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 of our eternity, Lord, and what's ahead of us, our inheritance, Lord. I pray, let us, Lord, be people, Lord, that stir up the gift of God within us constantly, Lord. We live in a place where we're full of oil, where we're full of the Holy Ghost, where we're full of the Spirit of God, Lord, where we're full in the word of God, Lord, and we're not, Lord, trying to find some kind of security here upon this earth, but we put our faith and trust in you because one day that trump of God's going to sound, and Lord, you're going to call your church home. Oh, Lord, I pray, let us pray for the people, Lord, that we're seeing, Lord, be, uh, Lord, absolutely um, invaded, Lord, in Ukraine, Lord. There's a church there. There's a Christian element there, God. We must pray pray for these folks Lord and I know God that if we will pray I believe with all my heart Lord that, the, that, that your hand Father God can stop things that are taking place but we've got to pray Lord and you'll spare your people Lord you'll spare them God you'll give them a way of escape oh mighty God mighty God mighty God oh I thank you I thank you oh God saying to you today church Make, make sure your calling and election is sure. 
make sure that you're ready to meet Him. If you're not saved today, you're visiting today, or you're here. You say, this is not my church, but you know, I'm here, and, 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 and I'm not where I need to be, Pastor. Today is your day of salvation. Today is your moment of salvation. Today, God will meet you here. Maybe you, you, you were doing great since you come back from camp, but you had a low moment, and you're kind of in a valley, and you say, you know what, I just need God to touch me one more time, and I just need to be, you know, touched today, uh, Pastor. I just feel like I've just kind of grown, you know, kind of not, not lukewarm, but just not where I was, you know, a month and a half ago. Well, today's your day. That's what, that's what this altar is for. The Lord spoke something to me. He wants me to share, and then we are going to close in prayer and open the altars. Brother Clendenin used to share a story about how uh, how, how that was a bird. I don't know if it was a, a buzzard or some kind of a, 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 a hawk or something. But it flew down and it began to eat uh, uh, some, some frozen uh, dead animal that was on an iceberg. And it was eating and it was eating and it was eating. And it was getting closer and closer and closer to going over a, a waterfall. And as it began to go and get closer, in the mind of that bird, it thought, I'll just sit here and eat and eat and eat until I can fly away and I'll take off. And I won't, you know, get caught going down in that waterfall. I'll fly away right there at the edge where the bend is. But as that, that bird began to eat of that dead animal there, uh, by the time he got to that waterfall, he went to light off of that iceberg, but his feet, his feet had stuck to that iceberg and he couldn't get off that iceberg. He was stuck there. And he went down and plund, plundered into a, or plunged into a death that, that, that he didn't even expect. All of that being said, I want to say to you today, we cannot be so connected and tied to this world. You understand me? Don't feed upon the death of this world because there is an imminent return of God. There's an imminent end of all things. There is a last day. There is a final day. And we want to make sure that we're not so connected that we look like we belong here more than we belong there. And it's so easy. It's so easy. The enemy wants to, to rob us. He wants to rob us of our faith and our joy. Amen. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'll be with you to the very end. Would you bow your heads in prayer? Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord.